Psalm 23, part two, and I've got no time to waste. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, Christian mentor and life coach. For the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all, continuing on, and I don't even have some fun intro, so if you're catching this episode as your first one, I'm continuing on from episode 59, Psalm 23, a deep dive, an open book, a behind-the-scenes share of my own personal time with God through this chapter over a nearly month-long journey in, yes, just this one chapter. So let's get right back into it. Remember, I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible, Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Ah, amen. It is still so, so good. Okay, we left off finishing up verse three, so on to verse four right away. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, even when... It's almost like, well, there will still be times as I follow God that will be tough. And there will probably be times I want to go another way, or I even do, or I just don't love where he's leading me and I question it. Even when I walk, oh, y'all don't miss these words, walk, not run. This is a walk. When times get tough, the pace isn't going to necessarily pick up. When you hit that dark valley, there are no like turbo boosters to cruise you through this level. But there's good news in this sentence. And the good news is the word through. Even when I walk through. This is the word of hope right here. This is the word of faith, of trust. Now, if this verse simply said, even when I walk into the darkest valleys, well, then that would be a different story. But remember, the earlier verses with God as the guide, as the leader, even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I actually like that this isn't diminished. There's a recognition here that this is the darkest valley, like the worst of the worst. And when it's the darkest, I can't see anything. I can't see if the exit is 10 feet or 10 miles in front of me. And it's a valley. A valley is between two mountains, right? So getting into the valley often, it's not that hard. And maybe even can happen super quickly. It's almost like it's a slippery slope, you know? It doesn't feel like a valley when you're on your way in. It feels like an easy cruise, an easy walk, a simple downhill, or even just a slow decline that you don't even notice until until you're in the valley the darkest valley. And remember that you're going through the valley. So in order to go through, you know what needs to happen, right? You got to come up and out the other side, like up, 
the climb. Getting out of the valley, which is part of going through, might feel like it's just always getting harder and harder with no relief in sight. Like when I hike Knox Mountain, it's the local mountain here that I talk about a lot in this podcast. (laughs) There's this point where I hit the stairs and the stairs signify to me the top of the climb. Oh, but they actually don't. Because after I climb those like 58 stairs, there's another 22 steps to the actual plateau. And yes, I have counted them. And those darn 22 steps get me every single time. Yet I need to remember I'm walking through this. I'm coming up and out. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. I will not. This is a strong declaration. We say that statement with power and conviction no matter what comes after it. I will not. I will not what? I will not be afraid. Like I refuse to be afraid. Can you tell yourself that when it feels like you're in the valley, in the darkest valley? I will not. I refuse to be afraid. Again, I really appreciate David's honesty right here. King David slayed the giant David. I will not be afraid. I feel like when you have the truth to boldly speak like that, it means you've experienced the latter before. Like the only way you even pump yourself up to say you won't be afraid is if it's something you would actually normally be afraid of or something you've been afraid of in the past, right? Like here's the part of this verse that I loved as I kept reading it over and over and over again. See, I've always remembered the your rod and your staff protect and comfort me part, but I never held on to this sentence that comes right before that. I will not be afraid for you are close beside me, period. That's why I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because you are close beside me. You, nobody else, only you, Lord. You are, present tense, like always. And you're not just beside me, but close beside me. And right now, I need to not focus on the fact that you're close beside all your children, all your sheep as the shepherd. I need to know that you are close beside me. He is the guide. And he is close beside me. He's not way ahead encouraging me to keep going. He's right beside me. When I'm a straggler, he's close beside me. When I do start to get afraid, his presence alone, knowing that he's right beside me, that is what makes me not afraid. I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Your rod and your staff. These aren't mine. These aren't things that I'm carrying. These aren't my own abilities. Whether I thought I was prepared for the journey or not, it's his rod and his staff that protect and comfort me. And how cool is that? He's God, yet he still uses tools and terms that I understand. He has my back. He is my protector and he is prepared for this journey. Whatever phase or part of the journey I'm in, especially the dark valley, he is still and always protecting me and like, but wait, there's more (laughs) and comfort me. First of all, again, this is me. There are going to be days in the valley I feel alone. I feel scared. The fact that David is saying protect and comfort me means he's going to go through some things for which he needs protection and comfort. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. There will be dark valleys. 
the darkest. Yet I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Y'all, I got to keep going or we're going to end up with like part three of this. But seriously, my prayer in sharing these two episodes, giving you a look at my time reading through Psalm 23 with the Lord, I hope it encourages you. You know, as I was reading it over and over for days and weeks, I had a couple friends recommend a book about Psalm 23. And I remembered some sermons I had heard referencing Psalm 23, but I purposely chose not to read them yet, not to watch them yet. I was having such an incredible time with just God and I. I was recognizing him speaking like never before. See, I want you to know that, of course, you can study more deeply and you can learn the history more. And there will also be times that the Lord will speak directly to you if you just slow down and spend time with him in his word, literally word by word. Okay, verse four done. I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit. On to start verse five. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. First of all, although I just separated this, don't forget everything we just read. This continues on. Sure, it's its own sentence, but David is continuing his entire thought. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You, only you, Lord, you prepare. Now, y'all, this word right here had me smiling, prepare. That means ahead of time, meaning if God is preparing something for me, he has no doubt I'll be there. He never thinks I won't make it through the darkest valley. The fact that he prepares a feast for me, that should boost my confidence in any dark valley to know I'll make it through. And hey, who's saying the feast isn't going to happen while I'm in the darkest valley? And what about the feast? God prepares a feast, like the biggest and best party, a party to honor. Oh, and check this out. Yes, God prepares the feast. But how do you think he does that? He uses people. So there are people carrying out God's will, preparing a feast, knowing I'm going to make it. And don't forget, this isn't just a, here's the feast for December, whoever shows up, great. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of. Now, this isn't about haters. This is about enemies. In the presence of my enemies enemies. God knows my enemies. God knows the enemy and the schemes he's trying to pull over on me. And you know what else this sentence clearly says? My enemies aren't flat out leaving. They're not going away. They will still be there. And that doesn't stop God or what he has prepared for me. Who cares if they're still around? Who cares if they're still trying to take me down? You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Let me just say this. There is no enemy who can stop what God has for me and for you. And on top of that, there's no enemy who can stop where God has for me to receive it. If he prepared it for me, I'm about to eat it, y'all. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. God honors me. Wow. God honors me. Can you imagine David saying these words, writing these words? God, you honor me. You approve of, appreciate, recognize me. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, the action that goes with his word. How will I know? How will others know that God honors me? He anoints my head with oil. Anointing is God's approval. He anoints my head. I'm sure there are historical and biblical truths I could find about the head, about anointing the head. Yet again, 
I don't need to go dig deep in order to spend this time with God in his word. I know for myself, my head is personal. To have someone touch my head is personal. See, you don't have to know all the culture and all the history. It's helpful, sure. But God left his word written so that you can read it and understand him. You know what happens when your head is anointed with oil? Like what if nobody is there to see God anoint you? Does that mean you're not anointed in their eyes? Oh, the anointing basically means God's approval. And when God has anointed your head with oil, when he has put his approval on you and on what you're doing, everybody else will see that. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Whose cup? My cup. Again, this is personal. We've got to stop looking at everyone else's cups or what we think are their cups, what we think are overflowing blessings. Focus on the truth. My cup, whatever I can hold, whatever I thought I had room for, had capacity for, it overflows. Literally pouring out over top, way more than I can hold and way more than I expected to be poured, it overflows with blessings. God is specific. He's never pouring junk into my life. If it seems useless or too difficult or frustrating right now or extremely overwhelming, either I have poured that onto myself, let someone else pour it onto me, or I don't yet recognize God's training and his preparation and that this is actually a blessing. Holy Spirit, help me to see clearly. Help me to discern when my cup is overflowing with blessings. Help me to recognize the difference between my cup and my plate. Oh, y'all, this statement I wrote in my journal was one that I sat with for the rest of the day. Help me to recognize the difference between my cup and my plate. See, have you ever wondered why we use that phrase, that metaphor? Ah, I've just got too much on my plate. I've got so much on my plate. My plate is overflowing. And it's always to do with overwhelm, right? How come we never use the metaphor with a cup? I didn't research it, but just thinking through this, a plate is like topsy-turvy. Fill it too full and the balance is off. And if you spill just a little bit, or if it starts to overflow a little bit, it's all about to spill. Yet a cup? You can hold a cup steady. You can fill a cup accurately. And overflowing a cup doesn't actually spill everything else that's already in the cup. The next time I'm about to say I've got too much on my plate, I think I'm going to take a moment to reflect. All those years as an athlete and trainer, I know how to dish up a balanced plate. (laughs) Wow, do I do that in my everyday life? In my spiritual life? Is my plate balanced? Because if it's not, you already know. Yet I still pray that anytime I think about my plate, that I think back to Psalm 23 verse 5 and think about my cup. Am I more worried about what's on my plate or am I more worried about what's in my cup? My cup overflows with blessings and those blessings are straight from the Lord. Lord, fill my cup, overflow my cup. Still with me? Okay, on to the final verse. Verse six, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Surely, that's like a 100% guarantee. Surely your goodness God's goodness. Oh, now wait a minute. Let's talk about this. Is my definition of goodness the same as his? Is what the Lord says is goodness seen by me as goodness too? Or am I stuck on the world's definition of goodness? Whose or which definition of goodness do I seek and even recognize? What really is God's goodness? What other scriptures tell of what his goodness looks like for me as a believer? Go ahead, search for yourself. Your goodness and mercy 
Wow, I would have thought his mercy is part of his goodness. He really wants me to know they're separate so that I don't just automatically think that even in my own life, goodness and mercy, although they do go together, they are also separate. When I might think things aren't good, even though his goodness is in there, (laughs) I need to know mercy is there. God's plan is always good. It's always in motion. His timing is perfect. His goodness and mercy. Wait. I read that verbatim from my journal right there. Then, as I was spending time with the Lord, I went back to Psalm 23 yet again and realized, oopsies, in the New Living Translation of the Bible, which I had read day in and day out, the actual word says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Wow. (laughs) Again, I love reading different translations. Yes, his goodness and mercy, and also his goodness and unfailing love. It's the and that I love. Even when I might not recognize his goodness, can I still feel and see and recognize his unfailing love? That right there is a great question. Even when I might not recognize God's goodness, can I still feel and see and recognize his unfailing love? Surely your goodness and unfailing love will. Again, that's a 100% guarantee. When God says will, God means will. His integrity is a guarantee. Will pursue me. Follow with intention. Go after. Keep going until it gets what it's going after. Pursue isn't just follow. There's a purpose and an intent with pursuing someone or something. And again, me. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all by myself, right where I am. I don't have to fit in with the crowd. He pursues me right where I am and wherever I go, all the days of my life. Y'all remember, all means all. (laughs) All the days of my life. This isn't just once a week, once a month, and this isn't just once I am saved. His goodness and his unfailing love are always pursuing me, all the days of my life. And... But wait, there's more. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's slow down with that sentence. I will. Me. I will. Now, I know sometimes I say I will, but then I don't. But when it comes to God, when it comes to his promises about his children, I will. With the same certainty that he will in this instance, I will. I will live. Yes, live. Live like present tense forever. I will live in Not just beside, not in a similar one, not in the neighborhood, but in the house. Y'all, he has a place for us. He has a place for you. He has a place for me, the house. Remember back to him preparing a feast? He has prepared a house. The house of the Lord. It's his house. I will live in his house forever. Like forever. (laughs) No, really, like forever, ever, ever, ever. Yeah, forever, period. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. 
He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. That's it right there. I genuinely pray that these two episodes have given you confidence, have given you curiosity, have given you understanding, and have given you a fresh experience with the Lord right where you are. I wasn't sure I would do this. I I wasn't sure I would literally open my journal from my own personal time with God and read it to you. I wasn't sure you would feel the same way I did reading through this chapter. I wasn't sure you would appreciate my own curiosity and questions and thoughts. I wasn't sure, yet I knew he was asking me to be more open. I talk a lot on this podcast about God's word and about my own relationship with the Lord being a real relationship. Sure, I come alongside others and help coach and guide them, mentoring them even in their own relationship with God. And I love those personal calls, those moments of sharing and teaching, those moments of learning and asking the Lord to use me. This was different. (laughs) This was personal for me, really personal. Sure, my relationship with God is in the open. I love sharing that relationship with the world. But sharing our conversations, our personal moments, what's really in this journal some days, that was different for me. Thank you for being open with me. Thank you for your comments, for your messages, for your continued encouragement, for your discussions about his word. I'm always here for all of that. And as I take this next month off from producing weekly episodes, please keep in touch. Hit me up on social media. You can always find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise, K-A-E-L-A-P-R-A-Y-S, or just email me, info at KaylaPraise.com. I welcome your questions. I welcome you asking to have a quick call together. I welcome prayer requests. I welcome you. I'm here to serve you. So to close this all out, here it goes one more time. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time.